unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Right. And even if you think it's a joke, if you think it's funny, or you're trying to lighten the mood, or, like, that doesn't matter. I almost feel like making light of it and laughing about it is even more destructive sometimes, because that just normalizes the issue. Absolutely. It totally does. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Saints Unscripted, and, uh... Today, we're going to talk about something that's very serious. Um, it's going to be kind of somber, but it's a very important topic, so if you'll bear with us. But it's still very important. We need, it needs to be said. Mm. And um, on our channel, we try to bring light to um, just different issues that members of the church and, and people outside the church are facing. And a very prominent issue uh, all over the world is violence against women. And today, we wanted to hit on two specific things. Um, the first being sexual harassment, specifically in the workplace, um, in the community, and then second being um, domestic violence within the home. Um, I want to start off with a, a quick disclaimer. Um, we understand that there are many, many men who are experiencing abuse, right. and this episode in no way um, is trying to distract from that issue. Um, we want to do more episodes actually about that specifically and give that the space that it requires. So. Spare with us. We understand that there are many wonderful men out there who who need to be heard as well. Yes. Um, this is according to the Equality Act of 2010. Sexual harassment is unwanted contact of a sexual nature which has the purpose or effect of violating someone's dignity or creating an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment for them. I would like to point out in that definition the word effect because... It's not always, a lot of people think that, oh, well, I didn't mean it that way. Right. And they think that that's, that makes it okay. Mm -hmm. But the point is that it's, uh, which has the purpose or effect. You don't even have to intend it. But if it has the effect of creating a hostile environment, then that's what it is. And that's not for you to decide. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. That's fantastic. And and what we know is that there are many women out there who are experiencing sexual harassment at work specifically who are not saying anything. Um, so if a woman like gets a job that she's excited about and her boss like sexually harasses her or like says something, her automatic instinct might not be to report it. She might want to try right. to maintain some job stability. Because she worked to get in there and she's not going to sacrifice right. it. That's what often happens. Um, there are some statistics we want to share. More than 52% of women in the workplace have experienced some kind of sexual harassment. If you were to line up all wow. the women in your life, if you were to picture everyone from your ward, from your job, from your family, one in every two has experienced sexual harassment at work. That is a problem. That's way and, too widespread. And that's just the ones that are reporting. Yeah. Like, yeah. think of how many people are not reporting this. Absolutely. Um it says here, and I'm glad you brought that up, about one in five women report it, and of those, 80% say that nothing changed after reporting. Oh, um, and this is where um, I, I tend to get a, a little fired up because the women in my life, um, they're just trying to make it. They're just trying to provide for their kids. They're just trying to be safe. Um, and the fact that 
52% of women are experiencing this, probably far more, and 80% say that nothing changed. That makes me angry. Um, but I think that it's righteous anger, quote-unquote. Um, it, it definitely is righteous indignation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure. I feel like I've been very fortunate where I've had some very safe work environments. There was one where I didn't feel safe. Um, just a, a very kind of creepy, slimy boss who would say, oh, wow, like you look great today. And he's like 40, 50s. And That's I was okay. 16. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> and turns out he actually was prosecuted for fraud and embezzlement later. Really? Um and I was only at that job for a couple months, but I feel I feel like if I'd stayed, it could have possibly escalated. Um, some people know I worked as a bus driver in Alaska, and one time I was just kind of trying to educate some of my coworkers about the fact that women, like, sometimes it's just scary to, like, be a woman, to walk around. Right. Like, I always feel like I have to have my keys in my fingers or just, like, have an exit strategy wherever I am. And I was trying to talk to my coworker about... Like, do guys feel like they have to be conscious about where they are or they're going to get raped? Like, I, I just tried to have this conversation with them, and this coworker, male coworker, just made this very offhanded remark. He's like, yeah, sometimes I think about rape, but then I think, ah, oh, better not. And he oh was making this joke um, to a big group of people, and everyone laughed. And I felt very unsafe. Wow. Not like... Like, oh, I better get out of here. But I just, like, felt sick to my stomach um, because this group of people were th these these coworkers that I come to love and trust thought that that was okay. Right. And you were openly having this conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Like, that should have been the one time to they would have been smart enough to not make right. a comment like that. And they right. still felt comfortable making that comment. Right. And which says something about A lot of the people there were members of the church. Um and I, I want to say very kind, empathetic human beings, but it, my point is that this does not have the gravity that it needs. I think the point that I'm trying to get across is that um, you, can't, you can't make sexually suggestive comments liberally at work or in, hopefully not church, but or in your community that you, you just shouldn't. Right. And even if you think it's a joke, if you think it's funny or you're trying to lighten the mood mm -hmm. or like that doesn't matter. I almost feel like making light of it and laughing about it is even more destructive mm -hmm. sometimes because that just normalizes the issue. Absolutely. It totally does. And um, I want to share this this quote that, that we have. Um, the humiliation or intimidation of sexual harassment lies in making someone feel that their physical attributes are their main value to the workplace, which undermines any skills or talents or insights or hard work that they may have brought about. Um, so stop. Uh, if if yeah. if you know someone who is objectifying a coworker, um, call them out. And if you're that person, um, you need to change. And if you are being victimized, you're not alone at all. Um, and so if you you speak up, like you're you're standing for so many women out there. Um, mm -hmm. You're not alone, and it's worth it to be brave and to to call out abuse so that we can start shifting this our culture away from that. Yeah. Um, and if I could make a comment, I think please. like a lot of the time this happens not because people are intentionally malicious. Mm -hmm. Like for as many women who have experienced this in the workplace, I don't believe that every instance was a man like maliciously wanting to, you know, cause harm or anything 
or intimidate or frighten. So even if I just want to say this to advocate like people out there to talk about it, to to be more open about it, because the more openly we are able to talk about it, the more it's out there, the more aware and informed those men can be and the more conscientious we can all be about the comments that we do make uh, before we make them. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the time it's just it's just because people are ignorant and they don't realize what they're doing is harmful. I wish I would have gone back to that time in Alaska when that, that coworker said that comment and kindly corrected it and say, oh, that's actually kind of messed up. That makes <laughs> me not feel great. Um, because there's a possibility that he just, this is what he is seeing is acceptable and funny around him. And somebody needs to show him otherwise. Right. I think so. We, we touched on some of like the, the lighter, more gray area sexual harassment. But if someone is, um, very obviously sexually harassing you, like touching you, intimidating you, um, we have resources now where we can report it and there are resources out there. There are hotlines, there are people out there who can empathize. There's more education about it than ever before. So if that is you, I would just implore you to just be brave. Um, what's sad though, is I feel like I shouldn't have to tell women how to re- how to respond to violence. What I would really love to do is try to help men understand um, how to not sexually harass and abuse women that right. I would love the because that's where the problem that. starts right <laughs> we don't have like, um, teaching very... women how to respond to it it's just like trimming the branches where right we're right. not getting the root of the issue it, it's treating the symptoms well no wait what am I it's, trying to say it's, you're treating the symptoms without treating the right. infection right it's treating exactly um I want to kind of um pivot into domestic violence from here because yeah. it, that's often it's the exact same motive. Um, yeah. And this is according to the National Coalition for Domestic Violence. One of four women experienced severe intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner sexual violence, and or stalking um, in their four. lifetimes. One in four. Wow. So, um, and I want to talk about what abuse is. So there's obviously physical abuse where you're being like slapped or choked or or punched or like but what we don't talk about is emotional abuse mental abuse financial abuse just like grooming women to feel that their only value is um in serving the abuser and um trying to isolate them from their friends and family trying to control every aspect of their life i recently went on a date where um he was afterwards just calling and texting me like almost every single minute um and I know the warning signs of abuse, that's, that's someone who's trying to control, control right? Hmm. And this goes back to the definition, even in the, the Equality Act, whatever, mm-hmm. like even if they're not intentionally doing it, if it's having that effect, that is an abusive act. Right. And it needs to be addressed. Right. 100%. Um, unfortunately, in the church, there is a lot of pressure to stay in abusive marriages. Um, Women will often go to bishops and stake presidents and say, hey, we're having trouble in our marriage. I'm being physically abused. I'm being like emotionally and even sexually abused. There is such a thing as like marital rape. If it's not consent in the relationship, you are being raped by your spouse. That mm-hmm. We do not talk about that enough. Um, 
sometimes um, bishops and state presidents will counsel those women to stay in their marriages because we really emphasize the family and staying together as a family, right? right? And that anything can be made right if you're righteous and live the gospel and that kind of thing. Which, honestly, like, in those situations, you can see where they're coming from and you can see, like, the good intentions, but it's clearly misguided and uninformed. Right. So it is. And um, ecclesiastical leaders are not therapists or police officers. Um, if you are experiencing abuse in any way, go to law enforcement or um, go to appropriate resources and try to gain as much information there. Because often when someone's trying to leave an abusive situation, that's actually the most dangerous time. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, with that, there is a culture of victim blaming where we really, really scrutinize the victims and say, was it really that bad? Did it really happen? Are you sure? Yeah. Um, and we do not, we do not believe victims as much we as don't, we should. Yeah, for sure. If a woman comes to you and says she's being raped or sexually harassed, of course, there are exceptions. But like, give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That, Seriously. Because... One in four is a lot. That's huge. That's like a that's lot. take every woman in your life and line them up. Every fourth one is is a victim of this. And to be honest, like as as a male, I didn't really understand this issue for a long time until um, the last five or six years. I I, I made a friend who uh, she she found it fitting to confide in me for whatever reason, but. Um, well, it speaks to your character. But she, uh, she, she shared with me the fact, like, as a as a young girl from the age of seven to twelve, um, she was sexually abused regularly on a weekly basis by her older brother's best friend, um, and it, it he was often asked to even like babysit. Like that's how close he was with the family, and they just loved him, um, and they didn't realize what was going on. Well, this kind of carried over like into her her teenage years, um, and she finally like was old enough to to realize that this is this is extremely bad. And she ultimately ended up finding a, a seminary teacher that she trusted enough to talk to about it. And he he was totally her advocate. Like he stood up for her. He um, he spearheaded like a lawsuit against the guy. And then the response for her was that her entire family, her brothers, her sisters, her parents. Um, even some of her close friends, like they all rallied around the guy and they testified on his behalf in court. And basically they, they ostracized her. Like she was seen as like this, this enemy who was like trying to hurt this really great guy. And uh, she ended up moving out of her family's house at the age of 17 just to get away from the situation. Um, and now when she... You know, it's years later, and she hardly speaks with her family at all. And uh, anyway, he won the case, ultimately. And uh, since then, he's had, like, multiple additional lawsuits filed against him, and he's come out Scott clean in each one. And it's just, it's insane. And it wasn't until I really met her and heard about her situation and her experiences uh, that I realized how bad of an issue it is. And from then on, like, that was my rule of thumb. Like... If somebody comes out about this, it doesn't matter what you think of the guy that they're accusing. It doesn't matter how cool he is, how successful, how charming, how good-looking, exactly. how spiritual even. 
it doesn't matter. Like you take the benefit, you give them the benefit of the doubt, and you believe them until, you know, yeah, until things work out. I just, I, that's that should be everyone's rule of thumb. Well, I appreciate that, Taylor, and I appreciate that you were there for her when she shared her story. Um, I want to quickly say that I am a product of a life where I've had wonderful men around me who have valued me for the right things, who have made me feel safe in my workplace and in my home. Um, and there's people like that in my life, people like you. You have the power to stand up for these women. And I know that there are so many kind, empathetic men out there and obviously so many wonderful women. I think that if we talk about this more, eventually we can shift that culture and we can empower both men and women to talk about it. Amen. So guys, that's our episode for today. And Take if it you seriously. stuck with us through the whole thing, uh, thank you. If you have any thoughts or additional comments, please leave them below. We'd love to check them and engage with you. So thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.